episode 346, Loki, season one, episode one, Glorious Purpose. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I am one of your hosts, Ben, Ben Avery, here with Stuart right over there. Hey, I'm up here. And right over there on the other side is Samantha. Hey, how's everyone doing? And we are here to talk about Loki. Loki. Yeah. Now, post-credit, we're going to talk about some other things like MODOK and some trailers. Um, the Shang-Chi trailer, tra- Shang-Chi trailer and the Eternals trailer. But right now, we're here to talk about Loki. Are you ready to talk about Loki, Samantha, and Stuart? Oh, yes. Because there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Let's start with... um, Let's start with our expectations. What were you expecting to get when you found out we were getting a Loki series? Stuart? I, I, mm, I honestly don't know. I was expecting a Marvel show because and and the quality thereof, right? Because one thing we talk about is the the quality of the Marvel shows. Was I expecting this? No, because I don't know that I've watched all the trailers all the time. So I, I didn't expect anything. But I did expect it to pick up right after Endgame or right in the middle of Endgame and go from there. That's what I expected. They delivered on that. I was pleasantly surprised with everything else. Samantha, what were you expecting when uh, when this thing was announced and when they started putting out trailers and stuff? A mischievous adventure. Because that is Loki. <laughs> and that is very succinct. There it is. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I'll be honest. Like, this is something I'm like, I, we don't need this. I didn't want this. You know, like, let's the whole time travel thing. We talked about this before where I love time travel so much, but I didn't want time travel mixed into my, uh, my Marvel, my MCU. Like I just wanted, Hey, let's just take a single storyline. Let's just keep going, moving forward. And when they decided they're going to throw time travel in, it was just kind of, okay, (laughs) they're doing it. So let's enjoy it. But I was not necessarily looking forward to this. Loki's not one of my favorite characters. And yeah, I really was just looking at it thinking, I don't, we don't need this and I don't want this necessarily. Uh, and then I watched it and I, I did not hate this at all, at all. No, we, we oh, all man. watched it too and uh, said, oh, Ben's going to love this. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get to watch it right away because I was away at camp and uh, had a lot of responsibilities to do and, uh, you know, just priorities, right? And so when I finally was able to just stop and rest, I had to choose, do I take a nap and then go to the pool with my son or do I watch Loki? I mean, my son is with me forever, but Loki is, I'm just kidding. I did not. (laughs) Um, That night though, I was fully rested and everyone else went to bed and I'm just 
I don't have to do anything in the morning. I am going to watch this now. And I did. And I watched this and said, they should have just, instead of naming it Loki, they should have just named this, um, Hey Ben, you're going to love everything about this. That's what they should have named it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what Daniel, Dandy, Daniel Butcher and I cut. We said the same thing. Ben is going to love every minute of this. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And guess what? Yes, I did. I mean, is it perfect? I mean, no, of course not. Nothing's perfect. But there is so much about this show that is what I described it to my kids. I said, this is the show I didn't know I needed. And and no lie, I was I've been looking for like just movies that are going to scratch this particular itch of just seeing some kind of retro sci-fi movie, you know, and, and everything. It's almost does it. Well, it's like, there's a very, if you're to pick like three movies that this is like a combination of, what are you picking? I'm going to pick, uh, uh, that's hard because, there's the the three biggest ones I would say are or far four biggest ones Brazil and Time Bandits yeah Blade Runner yes. and 2001 like those are kind 2001? of the four yeah. well yeah the furniture and the aesthetic of the technology uh, yeah it does have that 1960s the, office space I mean it's what we call it look right now we call it retro future. You know, right. Um, Futurism. But back then it was kind of that neo future. I don't know what they called it back then, but I'm going to call it that where, you know, especially if you're watching like the, the, the middle section of 2001. So you have Mm -hmm. the ape section and then you have the moon section where they're on the space station. And, and then you have the, the HAL section where they're off uh, over by Jupiter and the, those three different sections. I guess you could break it up into four if you want to, but I still I consider the um, the the space tunnel stuff when he goes into the the monolith. That's part of that Jupiter section. Um, but when they're in that space station and it's Pan Am, you know, and mm-hmm. and it's uh, oh, is it the Hilton? I think it's the Hilton Hotel that that they're like walking around in in space, you know, and all that stuff like that furniture and that. Um, design like it's all this vibe. it's that 60s you know if 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 the 60s became the 2000s like you're right with 2001 i totally get that um i mine definitely brazil and then the wackiness of it it's like brazil meets the time bandits and the wackiness they're in well and brazil and time bandits are both of of a piece you know, um, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about yeah, ter- uh, my I mean, other. Uh, I would also say that 12 monkeys also reminded me a bit of it, but that's because that's all Terry Gilliam's work. Yeah. So it's yeah. the same style throughout all those movies. And Brazil and, and, uh, and time bandits are all kind of part of a, they're, they're broken up to me into kind of these threes and they all kind of thematically link together. And, and if you look at time bandits, Brazil, and then the adventures of Bear Munchausen, it's kind of this, aging thing you have this childhood and loss of innocence in time bandits and then in brazil you have middle age and just dealing with just getting through life you know like innocence is lost and now you're just trying to just make it 
you know, and then you have Baron Munchausen, who is an old man who just has no connection to reality. And, and there's this really, I, I, I don't think I made this up. I'm pretty sure I read this somewhere where they were taking, um, these different, the, the, the threes from Terry Gilliam's film library, and they kind of go together thematically in, in, in these trios. And, um, but yeah, time bandits is a time travel thing. And it's all about, you know, just a bunch of people just dropping through time. Cause they got a map, a time map and, um, being chased by God and, uh, being watched by evil. And it's just bonkers and weird and, and so much fun. And then you have Brazil, which is also bonkers and weird. But that's about a guy who, is just trying to get through all the bureaucracy. It, you know, the paperwork is all there. Uh, at one point, someone actually turns into paper and, and blows away. He just turns into, uh, you know, it, it's just, and that's, Brazil is my favorite movie of all time. I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there. Are you, are, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to ask me. Is your favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, if you ask me, uh, and depending on who you are, I will tell you it's Brazil. Um, but if you probably are someone who doesn't know about Brazil, I probably won't <laughs> because I don't want to have to explain. You know, like there's just like it's a, it's a movie called Brazil, and guess what? Uh, there is nothing to do with Brazil. Uh, it, the title just comes Isn't from there like one the song. photo or something like that, or or the song or something. It's uh, yeah, it's a song. song. Yeah. But the idea is that he's dreaming of Brazil, right? No, the idea is just that he's dreaming of being elsewhere. And so right, okay. the song is used, and the song is used throughout the soundtrack, um, where they keep coming back to the, the, the well, the, the tune anyway. Um, and the soundtrack is just this, you know, lots of uh, typewriter sounds and, and kind of that sixties um, vibe with the, just and it just, yeah. Anyway, I love this movie so much Brazil. I haven't watched it in a long time, but um, yeah. I mean, as soon as I could, I bought that criterion disc collection that had all three cuts Yeah, and I could talk forever about just the making of the movie and, and stuff like that. And I probably should stop because we're here to talk about, not Brazil, but talk about Loki. But we can't talk about Loki without talking about Brazil because they're they have the same kind of technological aesthetic. Well, and story aesthetic too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it, it's not not exactly the same because that would be dumb and and not original. And if if Kevin Feige is one thing, he's original. I mean, what we were given in this show is. I think exactly what all the fans wanted. Um, and if you go back to like pre pandemic, what was supposed to happen, this is supposed to be like right about now, right? Loki's supposed to come out right about now. We were supposed to have black, black widow, then Falcon winter soldiers, then WandaVision. And I think maybe there was, we were gearing up for a um, may release, which might've been Shang Chi, right? Man, I, I really don't remember now. I mean, it's been such anyway, a long but time, like, but yeah. This is supposed to be like kind of in the middle of or the gear up of phase four. 
Stuart, I actually have to disagree with you because the beginning of the show begins in 2012 and then he's taken out of the sacred timeline. So he's not really in a specific period of time. I'm, I was more talking about like our reactions to it rather than like a specific timeline. Like so our, like, we were supposed to be getting this about this time. Right. Right. Yes. So, so we're primed for it, right? The, the, the audience is primed for it. Um, and I think it's firing on, on all cylinders and it's very original. Okay. I gotta, um, I gotta make two caveats here Two uh, maybe not caveat, uh, two warnings. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, first of all, our spoiler warning. And oh, so yeah. if you're just joining us for this show, um, we haven't spoiled anything yet and that's good, but we will be talking in detail about this episode. And so there will be detailed spoilers. We will be spoiling this show. Um, anything we've talked about on the podcast before this point in time is also fair game for spoilers. And so that includes infinity war and end game. Um, the second thing I need to say is um, we're recording in a very specific pocket of time that's available to us. And so um, this very specific pocket of time, I was just informed about 15 minutes ago that in about 45 minutes, there will be a fireworks display to my, well, to the west of me, about a mile, that will be preceded by cannon fire. So... <laughs> <laughs> we we may keep it in, we may not, I'm not sure exactly, but if we do keep it in, that's what you're hearing, if you can hear the loud booms in the background, uh, and also if you can hear the, the trains going by. But we are uh, recording at a time when I'm actually alone in my house, because I came home to put in a little bit of work, and then I'll be going back to the camp where I've been with my family. And I'll be back there for the next week and then the week after that. And yes, so just throwing that out there so people are aware that um, there might be some of those things happening. So back to the show, we can now that we've given the spoiler warning, we can completely spoil and get into you know specifics of what's going on. Um, but yeah, well, the back to Brazil. Warning. <laughs> The spoiler warning brings up a good a good question. Yes. Kind of. What's canon now? <laughs> okay. Right? Uh, yeah, you know, we, go ahead. No, but okay, so right, I was dreading this question too, and I only brought it up because it's it's, you know, let's let's rip that band-aid off. Is it nobody knows. That's the part. That's it. Nobody knows. Okay, not entirely true. I'm sure Kev Dog knows. Kevin Feige, he knows what's canon. Well, okay, um, and but, his team. Yeah, yeah. But here's the here's the thing. This does create some issues. My friend um, Nathan Marchand, who um, he shows up every once in a while on Strangers and Aliens and and does some co-hosting with us, and then he also does a uh, podcast called the Monster Island Film Vault, where I've shown up and done some. Um, some guest hosting over there with him. And he texted me right away. Fortunately, no spoilers, but he just said something like this creates some problems for agents of shield. And it does. It mm -hmm. does. And, and it doesn't create the problems you might think from, uh, from first glance, you know, obviously they give us flashbacks, lots of flashbacks to kind of set up Loki and who he is at that moment in time. 
I believe you could step into this show without having seen any Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, and I think you could get in and be able to follow it and and kind of know what's going on. I'd be interested to hear from someone to see if I'm right, but I think you could because of the flashbacks that they show. They show him doing bad stuff. They show him escaping after having done bad stuff, and they show him, you know, and his attitude toward life and about other people and himself. They also show him killing Coulson. And then he says something like, um, you know, small comfort to a dead man or something like that. Okay. Now how, that's not the problem. That's not the problem at all because he's a dead man. Uh, but he's not a dead man. He's alive, you know, um, in this timeline, uh, with agents of shield anyway, <laughs> at this point in time, you know, Coulson is, uh, being kept alive you know, and while Mobius may know that Coulson is not dead, Loki wouldn't have any clue that Coulson is is anything but dead, you know, and Mobius mentions, um, you killed him. Didn't they use his death to give them reason to avenge him by going after you? And, you know, that's how the Avengers were created. So that's not the problem. The problem is all the time travel shenanigans that they did do in in the later seasons. And there was no mention of the time variance authority. So what does that mean? But Mobius does mention that um, they're working to bring those timelines back together again. There you go. Well, I think... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, because are they right now? Like, that's, I was trying to figure out, like, what what are they doing right now? They're keeping the, what do they call the the master timeline? The sacred timeline. The sacred timeline. timeline. They're keeping the sacred timeline clean, right? And all the stuff the Avengers did was meant to happen. So it's okay. (laughs) You know, the the dictation from the the three time people. Um, So... You could explain it away by saying it, it was okay. It was meant to happen. All their time travel stuff that they did was meant to happen. But, you know, if there's a multiverse, so this is where the question comes. Like, if there's this multiverse now, like, what does that mean for what they're talking about here? So, so here's how I, here's how I think about it. And, and, you know, you know, I'm not the most comic issue kind of guy right but i do know that occasionally and i have read like crisis on infinite earth which i realize is the other company and a couple of other those big like tentpole summer year-long thing type you know series type of things they will get so expansive and then they'll go through and prune stuff down right that's kind of what this feels like you know there were some creative differences between Marvel TV and Marvel studios and, you know, real world, those got taken care of and they all got brought in, brought under Kevin Feige and Kevin Feige said, here's my pruning shears snip. And so he has to sort of like, in order to move forward, there has to be this continuity cleanup and star Wars did the same thing. And DC has done the same thing. And Marvel comics has done the same thing. Um, Star Trek though, hasn't really but they haven't needed to i mean star trek has embraced the multiverse right except 
Yeah. And used it then. And so like when they did the reboot and we've talked about this before, but I feel like whatever you think about the actual movie that JJ Abrams did in 2009 with Star Trek. Yes. Whatever you think about the actual movie, the impetus behind it. And then the plan that they created worked the genius behind the plan being Mm -hmm. we're going to reboot, reboot and start over we're going to be able to start over and be able to tell the stories we want to tell and not be beholden to all of this baggage from continuity because mm-hmm. we are going to have someone go back in time and change the timeline and create a divergent timeline. And then you bring Spock into it, you know, and Spock from the prime timeline, the original timeline, Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy. As an old man, this is a continuation of his story. And so the mm-hmm. Spock that you met in the cage, the Spock that you met in the original series, the Spock that continued to age and do things in the universe goes on then to continue to help the Romulans, which they set that up in Next Generation. And Generation one and two. It's perfect. Now, whatever you think about the actual movie is less – I don't care. Does, you know, doesn't that, enter into this that's, conversation. That's personal opinion to to that. And you may you may disagree that I think this is a perfect solution. But if you're looking at what they had to do, we have to create something new and fresh and exciting for new audiences, but something that honors what came before. And it's to me, the solution is genius. The yes. script is not. I enjoyed the movie, but you know, I'm not going to speak star trek 2009 in the same breath as brazil as far as like top 10 movies of all time you know okay yeah (laughs) uh so what i'm saying though is i think that they're in a pruning stage you know we're gonna focus back on the characters that are that gained a bunch of traction yes we still have um a couple of those characters over in the in the uh netflix you part of this universe that you know, a lot of people liked. And if you read some of the rumors online, we don't usually get into rumors, but some of that might be taken care of. Right. So I think they're in this pruning stage and then they're doing it canonically. That's awesome guys. That's incredible. Most of the time we don't get this right. We, we prune off the stuff, you know, the, the star Trek example is a great example, but the star Wars example is no, it's done. It doesn't matter. It's all. Well, what are you, all what are you legacy, talking about? Right? Was pruned with Star Wars? Are you talking about the legends stuff? Yeah, the legends. All stuff, the print material. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so back to this. What you have though is you have this next. Uh, the Netflix. I was going to say Nexus because <laughs> Nexus is an important word. But um, the <laughs> Netflix corner of things. What the thing with the Netflix stuff is that it's such a small corner. And such a quiet corner that it doesn't matter that it doesn't no. d- that it doesn't affect the greater MCU, and they don't have to do a lot of pruning to make that fit into the canon or stay in the canon. You know, especially if they keep moving forward with all the stories, and it, as long as they bring in like Charlie Cox to be Daredevil, well, then it's okay. It, yeah, you know, there there's very little that happened on the Netflix side that really affects the MCU at all. It's a it, they're small stories and personal stories, and not much to deal with there. 
Then you have Hellstrom, same kind of thing. Is it MCU? That's where we can definitely play the game of uh, is it MCU? We don't know. Doesn't matter because it's so small that no one cares about it. And I don't even know anybody who watched it other than me and Samantha. (laughs) So um, (laughs) because I still have it. Yeah. Um, Uh, But but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. went so (sighs) off the rails with creativity and awesome stuff going on that just they how do you explain it and i'm i'm i have a feeling that at some point the only explanation for what happened in, in agents of shield is that they branched off and it is another timeline it is not what we would call the mcu prime timeline or the mcu cinematic timeline they broke off that timeline and it probably happened when they went through time and that's so, the easiest place if you're going to create headcanon for how does all this fit together. So here's the way I sort of I'm, – I'm justifying it in my head. And until I'm told otherwise in the show, because you know Kevin Feige's going to um, send that voicemail in, uh, here, here's how I'm doing it. Until there is some sort of canonical thing, you know, a shot of – uh, Colson, you know, getting uh, brought into brought into in, to be in front of the judges or something like that. Um, it, it's it's going to be in the same canon. It might be in a different universe because we can have different universes in the same canon, right? We certainly we be, do. There are. Yeah. I mean, we've got a multiverse coming, right? Definitely. So until that happens, it's canon. Is it the same universe? Don't matter. Well, and that's where I I also would say it's canon until we're told it isn't. But Mm -hmm. right now, until they really do kind of explain multiverses in the MCU and how they work, we got an explanation from Fitz. But that probably is not going to be the same explanation that we should be getting from from this show i mean we we have an explanation in this show we have uh, the jurassic park styled 1960s styled uh animation uh the intro video that they showed to loki and to um whoever the the bra uh, the sax oh what is it called goldman Sachs guy who i really want to know what the guy's story is i hope we get to see him again <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would love to see like what brought him there that he was a variant, uh, but he did not cooperate and they just destroyed him. <laughs> he didn't have a ticket. Did you, uh, did you recognize the voice for the Miss Minutes <gasps> intro video? I did not. Yes. And it's... so did my daughters who walked in and said, Oh, that's Tara strong. Yeah. Um, the voice, uh, she was, I believe the second person to voice Harley Quinn in the DC animated, um, universe. And she's also done uh, like everybody else in that universe. Um, they've done multiple voices, but I think her, her main character is Harley Quinn. Um, um that's not where they know her from. Oh, it's, it's not. Okay. My little pony. Uh, <laughs> she's she's the main. I think she's like um, but the, the main reboot. character in My Little Pony. 
the, yeah, re- the, the recent reboot, not the original one from the eighties. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, no, well, my daughters be. are. It could be. I mean, uh, what's his head? Frank Sarah Walker Strong's close to my age, and I was a tiny thing when okay, the original well, series. I don't know came how out, old so. she is. I just know that Frank Welker, who did Optimus Prime in the eighties, was doing mm-hmm. Optimus Prime like two years ago. Oh, okay. didn't he also do the movies? He did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that- and he also did Curious George. <laughs> so the, the voice m- of George, or, uh-huh. or the man. <laughs> yeah, he does like animal noises, and like he's. I mean, th- that's the thing about you're talking about all the different things that that this Tara Strong has done. Um, like that's not unusual to have no. like a really broad, broad resume of of voices that that they're doing. So, and the great thing about animation, voiceover animation, is you don't age. Your voice doesn't no. age so much, so you can do young and old characters, and it's okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, you can hear it a little bit in Frank Welker Optimus Prime. As you're moving along, but, um, but okay, Carrie so George, I was not wrong really. about Tara Strong's age. She's about 10 years older than I am. So nonetheless, but, but the, yeah, so I'm sitting there watching it and my girls walk in and, and they have, they don't care about the MCU. Very rarely will they sit down and be like, yeah, okay, we'll watch this. Um, and then it's, you know, I have to conjole them. <laughs> but they came in and was like, oh, that's Tara Strong, just like immediately. But I thought that was cool. So, uh, I mean, we've talked about the movies that we like and movies that have <laughs> fed into this, but let's talk about this show. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about where they go with this. The, uh, this, the plot is simple. Loki escapes from the clutches of the Avengers at the end of the battle of New York. He, we saw this in, Infinity War, and he yeah, uh, we saw this in Endgame. Endgame. In Endgame, he escapes because of some time travel shenanigans that the Avengers were doing, and he grabs the Tesseract and leaves that place. He is now a variant because he has not done what his timeline is supposed to have him do, and he gets picked up by the TVA, the Time Variance Authority, and they put him. On trial, he's found guilty of being a variant. And Owen Wilson then comes and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Hey, guys, we got to we gotta use this guy because we have someone murdering us across time in different time places. And he's the guy who can help us. And you know why he's the guy who can help us? Dun, dun, dun. Because he's the guy who's murdering us. <laughs> and I, there's gonna, other stuff that I, happens along the way. But do you guys believe that? So, it's possible. I mean, there's no time in well, the TVA, so it's all wibbly wobbly. It's always possible. I don't yeah. believe Mobius is telling the truth. I think that Mobius is telling the truth as he understands it. I think when Mobius says you are the guy who's going around killing us, that Mobius believes that that's what's true. So Mobius is telling the truth from a certain point of view. Yes, and that certain point of view is him. <laughs> like he, right? <laughs> yeah. I I think we can take what Mobius is saying at face value based on what he understands of the situation. Is it possible it's not Loki? Absolutely it's possible because we don't see the villain's face. The way they show the villain at the end, it's it could go either way. 
It could go both so you're ways. Saying, yeah. So you're saying zombies sit well could rise again. I am not at all, nor have I ever <laughs> said that, nor will I ever say that. Sitwell is gone. He uh, he was thrown on the road where he sat well in front of some sort of vehicle. Oh. <laughs> Even if you've done that joke before, Ben, it was still good. Okay, well. And this could be a tie-in to uh, Doctor Strange um, in the multiverse, because um, the only witness that we have that actually saw this character's face was this little French kid with the blue teeth who just points to a window. So it could, it could be Loki because, you know, his, he's got that helmet with the horns or it could be the devil, Agatha's husband. <laughs> okay. So here's the interesting thing about that. Um, can we trust the the crew behind this show when they say they didn't, they weren't thinking about Mephisto? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't <laughs> trust anything. Cause that's what they Marvel, said. They say Marvel crew has to say, they say Mephisto. that the, it's not Mephisto. They say that it's meant to be a representation of something that looks enough like Loki to give you a reason to consider Loki as a suspect. You know. so, I, also, I also read an article that said that the kid it himself could be Loki in disguise. Uh, I don't think so. Because here's the thing. like <laughs> He gets this gum. The gum is, is prank gum. You know, it turned his teeth blue. It's also blue. not open. And the kid doesn't oh, talk. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, the gum isn't opened and the kid doesn't talk. So, like, I don't know what any of that means. But... Um, I had Here, a conversation. Here's, here's okay. what's supposed to, the, the, the window though is supposed to be some sort of mystery, mystery red herring. That's going to cause us to say suspect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Loki's sus. So, okay. Um, I had a conversation with, uh, Mr. Daniel butcher and we were talking about Mephisto. Um, and he brought up the fact that that China um, is trying it is is cramping down, clamping down on mysterious figures, right? And so they're banning, you know, spiritual things and stuff like that. And Disney has record of courting China. I mean, Mulan, we're trying to get part of those Chinese money. And so Mephisto's probably not going to show up in the MCU in that way. Um, because we're trying to get, you know, those Chinese, that Chinese money. That was, that was Daniel's. If you have Kate comments, send them to him. <laughs> we'll see. But it makes sense. It makes sense. You know, is, is Disney trying to court, China, yes. Uh, if they are, are they going to put in, you know, the the quote unquote devil into a big property like this? I don't know. Well, that's kind of odd because the MCU uses mythological characters from, I mean, other religions. I mean, once upon a time, people did worship Odin, Thor, and Loki, and Loki was sort of. 
Um, or Loki is just another incarnation of a, of a trickster character from, from any mythology. So, or not any, or most mythologies. I don't, I don't think that China is worried about, um, ancient religions that aren't being followed right now though. Okay. Um, I think possibly what China is worried about, I'm not sure if this is what Daniel's referring to, but you know, current religions are not very welcome in in China. Oh, like right. Christianity. Yeah. So the idea of a devil. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so. regardless, you know, do you want to go down that road? And if well, I'm Kevin Feige, take all that out of it. If I'm Kevin Feige, I'm holding on to that Mephesto card. Holy man. I'm holding on to it hard because I'm not playing it until it is right and perfect. Here's the thing about Mephisto. He is a, or it started out as a kind of sideways way for them to be, it's, well, let's do stories with the devil. Well, people believe in the devil and they believe it's a real thing. So maybe we shouldn't do that. Well, let's just make up our own thing then. And so Mephisto kind of became this demonic character that wasn't the actual devil. So they're able to sidestep some things. Now, the actual devil did show up in things like Ghost Rider and and Son of Satan. <laughs> like that's not very sidestepping there, but um, but this way they were able to take something and make it their own, you know, and and not have necessarily all the baggage that would go along with with using the actual devil as a primary villain for their superhero universe. And and mostly it, it works. It works. I'm not a big fan of Mephisto and the different things that he's done. Uh, but there was an interesting series that they did. And I don't remember the order that it went in, but it was like a four issue miniseries, but it was four different titles. It was Mephisto versus the Avengers, Mephisto versus the Fantastic Four, Mephisto versus the X-Men and Mephisto versus. I can't remember the fourth, but um, yeah, they, he, you know, Doctor Strange goes up against him. The Fantastic Four goes up against him. Um, it's a pretty big deal in in the Marvel Universe. So why not in the MCU? I don't know. Uh, so let's talk about some of the time travel stuff that's going on here. We talked about all of the retro tech but we didn't talk about the time travel tech. Um, my son loved, loved, loved the time portals that they would walk through, which those time portals, you know what they look like back to another movie that we've already talked about. It looked like monoliths from 2001. They're that rectangle. I would like to see what the proportions oh, yeah. are. I just started reading to an 2001. Well, listening. Here's it's the unfortunate really thing about that, Stuart. Um, all three, no, three of the four in that series are available in audio. I cannot find an audio version of 2010 anywhere. I don't know why. Hmm. You can get 2001. You can get 2061. You can get 3001, but you can't get 2010. Not in English. They're in, I, I guess it's Spanish and French, maybe? 
I don't know, but I can't even find like a CD version. Hmm. No, I, I'm I'm sad about that, Ben. Yeah. Well, 2001 is a standalone, but then you, if you want the sequels, you have to read 2010. There's just no way around it. Hmm. All right. Okay, uh, the monolith. Is that the part where the, I mean I okay never mind I was gonna make a bad joke about two thousand one, um the mono the the monolith and the doors I th- I mean it has been a long time since I've seen two thousand one I'm currently reading it, um I don't remember the monoliths short of the the apes you know seeing it in the beginning of it I think I might have you know fallen asleep or something. So I, I'm excited to see where they go. Is it like a like a portal or something? Okay. Yes. Don't spoil it. I mean Oh spoil it. I mean kinda. It's fifty years old. You can spoil it. The monolith <laughs> shows up like everywhere in two thousand one. And it, is it a portal? Not like this. Let's put it that way. Okay. Alright. It's it's not like this. And basically if you touch the monolith, um, it means something's happening, you know? And so that's the, one of the apes touches the monolith. And then not too long after that has the idea to use tools, you know, to, right. to hunt their okay. enemies. Um, now, if you go with Jack Kirby to give us a comic book thing, uh, Jack Kirby then did some comic books. It was a 2001, a space odyssey. They did, I think 10 issues and uh, every single issue or storyline, because there was a couple that were one or two issues. And I covered this in Comic Book Time Machine, actually, if you want to check these out and see what, what it's all about. But um, he would have something in the distant past, and they would touch the monolith, and they would get an idea for, like, a weapon to use or a way to, you know, you know, some technology thing. And then it would fast forward to the future, and someone in the future would touch it and also have, you know, some sort of um, uh, vision or, or whatever. Um, he basically was, was retelling the story of the movie as many different times as he could <laughs> in, in his creative way. And it's Jack Kirby and it's amazing. It's amazing. But what I, I'd like to see if the, the portals that they use here, if they're the same proportions as the monolith, because the monolith proportions are one to four to nine. And I think that these are close to that. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just judging by looking at it. That it looks very close to the monolith proportions. Have you guys seen that um, p- fuzzy picture of the person who walks through the mon the 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 time portal? I have. I have not. Hold on, Samantha. I'll send it to you real quick. Okay, you have, so Samantha. Stuart's going to send it to you. You have. I'll send it to you, Ben. You should talk about it. Well, okay. So I don't know how much to talk about it, but it's one of those Easter eggs that may or may not be an Easter egg. Okay. It's, but there is someone, we talked about the Goldman Sachs guy, and there's also a Skrull who is being checked in as a variant. And then there's also a woman in uh, kind of a 50s looking dress. With a very Peggy Carter haircut. 
a very Peggy Carter haircut. And here's the picture, Samantha. Um, you know, it could be, it could not be. I think that's kind of the point. If, if it is her, it's that was their plan all along. I don't think this is one of those things where like, Hey, let's do this. And maybe we could get it to be her. If it is her, this was their plan all along. If it's not her, I don't know if they're just kind of trying to, you know, give us a little, little thing, but she's involved in time travel shenanigans, could whether be. or not it she could actually, be a coincidence. It, it could be, it could be, but the idea would be because of what happened with Steve Rogers at the end of Endgame, Is she a variant? Ooh, it's true. Now, see, I thought it's bad Peggy. Bad Peggy who raised um, bad. Uh, okay, bad the joke. Sharon. Sharon, that's it. <laughs> yeah, May- I mean, maybe. Um, it, I don't think it's fair to like, and, and it's, I think it's kind of short-sighted to be like, oh, every single one of these people who we think is good that turns out bad is actually a scroll. I think that's short-sighted and a little naive. Um, now that we're in like the multiverse, I feel like this could be a bad Peggy. Or it could just be, like I said, uh, you know, she's a variant because of what Steve did and she's going to go on trial, you know? So and, like the next scene, they're dancing, dude, it's really sweet and romantic. Uh-huh. And then like a time portal opens up and they both get arrested. Except that what the Avengers did was supposed to happen. So it was okay. Yeah, but she's not a part of the Avengers. Yeah, but she was a part of what Steve did. And so she goes to trial and they're like, oh, oh, yeah, Steve Rogers did that. It it was actually okay because they did. I mean, here's why they're they're exonerated. They go and do all that stuff, but then they go and replace everything and put it back. You know, that's right. And so it's so that's why I think the time variance authority can say it's okay because they knew he was going to go and put it all back. Well, even if the even if that's not the reason, that is a great reason because they do have plot immunity. They're the main characters of the MCU. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now for Peggy, it could be a variation of Peggy that was working with early Shield that they got into some shenanigans and they traveled through time and this is a very it doesn't necessarily have to be a an evil variation of peggy it's just a variation that could cause that could fracture the timeline that's all i mean the way they explain a variant is a variant is just someone who leaves their timeline and creates a potential alternate timeline or could create one and they have to get there take care of things before a Another timeline is created. Okay, so in Star Trek terms, they would have gone and stopped Nero. As soon as he got back there, they would have stopped him before he killed Kirk's dad. In Star Trek terms, they would have been the temporal, uh, the temporal core. Stuart, I did not even think about that. 
And man, why didn't I think about that? In this episode, they also explained that not everybody who creates a variant timeline is evil because they said some people are just simply late for work and that's it. And they're just trying to get their own time. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Which, I mean, I've seen and read some very cheesy old sci-fi stories and there are some where it is as simple as, hey, uh, oh, I'm late for work (laughs) and there's a time machine. Uh, not that exact thing, but as simple as that, you know. Well, what's great about the whole time travel uh, paradox thing is that uh, that's all it takes. You know, the blood, the butterfly effect. D- did I step out this door at this time? And if I'd stepped out 10 minutes earlier, 10 minutes later, what would have happened? And so you get into these hypotheticals and that's really kind of cool to start picking apart that, you know, did I run into this person at the grocery store on purpose? You know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and some, and I don't want to get too, too religious, but some people have an idea that that is uh, a higher power. And some people have an idea that that's free will. Um you know, I, I personally believe in the higher power part of that conversation. Uh, but it, it's an interesting thing. So was Loki supposed to take the the Tesseract in this version of, of the Battle of New York, according to the TVA, which, by the way, I still hear the Tomorrowland Transit Authority um, <laughs> or the Tennessee Valley Authority or the Tualatin Valley Authority. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, they would say that he did this wrong, but how wrong if Morbius, Mobius, not Morbius, is allowed to take him and and use him, and not like, oh man, this was a bad. This, oh, I'm letting you off with a, you know, but like, eh, go for it, because I don't want to deal with it. I mean, it wasn't a huge deal that he took her, that he took him, right? No, it wasn't. And and part of that is because I think that the trial was supposed to either you destroy them <laughs> if they're like, – and they literally say, like, he says, are you taking me to the, your office to kill me? He's like, no, no, uh, that was the other room that you were just in. <laughs> like, that's where we kill you. Um But I think that the other idea is to, like, reset and, and put you back in where you where you came from. You know, and I might be wrong, but I think that's it. Speaking of time reset, the device that they use, it looks, I'm not sure where I've seen it before, but I've seen that prop somewhere before. It looks really familiar. So if anyone can recognize it and can write in and tell us that that would be fantastic because I'm racking my brain trying to remember where have I seen this glass canister with that, that outer sort of frame I, I know I have seen it before. I'm just not sure. That's a reused prop. It has to be. I need help. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can't help you. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm drawing a blank too. Sorry. Yeah. So, by the way, Stuart, what you were trying to remember with the name of was the depart the the yeah, the Department of Temporal Investigations. That is Star Trek's time police. Right, and that's when um. When uh, the, 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 the uh, trouble with tribbles, uh huh, 
uh, uh, I can't remember what they named it, but that's trials and tribulations. Ah. That's what it's called. Um, that's when Cisco and crew go back in time and meet James Kirk in one of the best Star Trek episodes ever. And, uh, the Department of Temporal, what did you call it? Corrections? Investigations. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, but they don't really, if I recall that episode, they really don't correct time. They just investigate what ha- happened. Might I have wrong. a feeling, though, that they that they would correct if they had the ability to. If they had the ability to, but... There is two wonderful, or there are rather, there are two wonderful novels about them. Oh, yeah. 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 They're really fun. And it's, it's just about the, yeah, the the department of temporal corrections or whatever it is. Um, that it's just, they're really fun and I really enjoyed them. And I think, I think you might too check them out. When I go to my used bookstore, and if they have them there, because I'll bet you there's no way I'm finding that on Audible. <laughs> no, there's a lot of Star Trek on Audible. But it's all abridged. Is it? Oh, that's too bad. Most mm. of it. Well, a lot of it is. I'm not going to say all of it. Um, anyway, let's talk about uh, Loki. Definitely. So let's talk about... I love that- Oh, I, I love that he caught on really quickly that there were two Tony Starks in that room. <laughs> Did not miss one. that. <laughs> you can smell the cologne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he must have been wearing two different types of cologne that day. Or Loki has a really, really sharp nose. I think, yeah. I think he does. Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, he's a god, right? Yeah, he's a god. He's He taps into magic, so... I'm thinking, and he's a mischievous character, so I imagine that he's able to feel when there are are multiple people of varying points in their own timeline in the same room. That would not shock me at all. I wonder if 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 uh, Thor even picked up on that. And Tony wore two different things of cologne or X body spray. Yeah. Or maybe he just smelled was, it twice. Maybe one was Axe body spray and one was cologne. Let's hope it's not Axe body spray. But um, <laughs> didn't didn't Ant Man mention Axe body spray? I think he did. I don't, I don't remember. But that does sound familiar. Yes. And then Tony says it's like I was going through a phase. Oh, that could be it. Oh, that'd yeah. be interesting. Mm. Listeners but who it, just heard that. It, it can't just be the cologne. It also has to be maybe Loki has, a, like I said, just has a better sense of smell than than a, a human being. Probably. I mean, yeah. he's an he's a frost giant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what else? Okay. So let's talk about the Nexus. Yeah, right. I've been waiting for that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they throw it out there and. I'm just going to say the nexus of our realities is a swamp creature called the man thing in the Marvel <laughs> universe. And you've heard me talk about it before and you'll probably hear me talk about it again, but right now I'm just getting it out of the way because I, I need to, and I'm just going to use my, say my usual question, which is, does this mean we're going to see man thing in the MCU? Maybe. 
<laughs> I think you should just pre-record that, and we'll just drop it in whenever it needs to happen. I mean, we're, we're, um, we'll wait for it. I'm waiting yeah. for it. We'll I, see. We'll see. Yes, By the way, was... uh, we have not had any listeners clamor for our um, uh, movie um, – uh, what do they call it? <laughs> commentaries commentary my brain is dying um yeah we have not heard uh, there's been no clamor for a movie commentary of the man thing so just throwing it out there i think i'm pretty safe okay. <laughs> i believe the number i went with was five <laughs> five listeners <laughs> if, you, if you take zero from five how many do you have left five yeah yeah and and you two didn't count so <laughs> So uh, be- before uh, I watched this episode, both uh, Daniel Butcher and Stuart said that Ben's really going to like this, and I'm and I'm thinking, oh, is Man Thing in this? No. Well, but I was phrases because of, that are adjacent. I, I was thinking Nexus is a possibility that could be connected to um, the TVA, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. We. St- Still have five episodes left. I'm I'm kind of crossing my fingers over here just to satisfy Ben. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And if not, oh well. I'm sure we are going to have a fantastic ride in the meantime. I am more <laughs> than happy to just not ever have one of my favorite Marvel characters in here. It's okay. We don't need a swamp monster in here. But if we did, it'd be great. Okay. That's a lot of paperwork to fill out. <laughs> um. So to be fair, I didn't know that I forgot that the nexus of all realities held a swamp monster named Man Thing. I was just like, "Oh, he'll love this because it's right up his alley." And, Weird. And that was and also tiny. true. I mean, here's the thing: like when they're walking down the hall and you see that incredible sci-fi city behind them. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that I was when I was talking about wanting to scratch that itch. Like I was just wanting to have some retro sci-fi something and and I couldn't find it. I'm looking like just what's out there, what's on Prime, what's on Netflix, you know, and 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 this was it. Like I I am not lying when I say this scratched that itch perfectly for me. That city is amazing. Now I all you have visited. what? Yes. I hope we get to visit it a lot and kind of explore it and see what's going on there. Oh, it'd be it'd be wonderful. But even if we don't, it's all. I mean, it's very Ralph McQuarrie, who mm-hmm. is one of the um, art artistic designers behind Star Wars. Um, you know, it just has that vibe to it. But then it also has the other thing that I find interesting is kind of the religious imagery that sort of is happening. So you have them in the cathedral in France in 1549. And that's where you have the stained glass window of the devil. That's, you know, supposed to be something that's like causing us to throw suspicion on, on Loki. But there was also what, what, before he goes to talk to that kid, there's a window that I don't know if it's Joan of Arc or if it's something like Joan of Arc, but it's, it looks like a woman who's dressed for battle. Um, and, you know, but then you go into the courtroom and as they're walking through the courtroom, that feels like a very uh, 1950s or 1960s uh, Protestant church pews, you know, where you just have these yeah. rows of, of seating. 
Uh, now it could be a courtroom too. The sixties vibe doesn't translate to me into a courtroom very much, but it could just be a courtroom where they're trying to use a sixties vibe. But then on the walls are these paintings of the three, uh, time guys. I don't remember what they called the, the people who began the time variance authority, but those three kind of time guardians or whatever they are, there's a bunch of pictures of them like stained glass in the sense that it's telling the story in these captured moments, you know, and stained glass windows. One of the things that they are, it's not just art. It's actually like a, um, uh, a visualization of stories, you know, whether it's a story from the Bible or a story from something else, uh, like St. George and the dragon, whatever it might be. Um, and, and, and then you have the, in the city, you have like these giant statues of the three guys holding up, you know, parts of, uh, the city, you know, and it's just this really interesting vibe that's going on where, well, it's, I don't think it's necessarily meant to be religious, but I do think it's meant to give you the sense of awe and wonder for these three guys who may not, it may not be a religion based around them, but it's absolutely a lifestyle based around well, that, them. Yeah. And that translates to the character of Loki perfectly because, you know, later on the, in the episode, he asks, is this the most powerful place in the universe? And at that moment, you know, I might be jumping the gun a little bit, but we'll move on. And at that moment, he realizes he actually is a puny God. You know, and you can tell it in his face. Ten plus years of being Loki, and in that moment, he switched. Yeah. I mean, this is what's interesting about this character, is this is not the Loki who sacrificed himself for Thor. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And so the Loki that went through and did all the Dark World stuff, the Loki that was there for all the Ragnarok stuff, the Loki who was there for all the Infinity War well, the beginning of the Infinity War stuff, that Loki was its own story arc. And mm -hmm. that story arc, which is interesting because this Loki gets to watch that story arc literally on a screen, seeing the timeline that could have been, except that he picked up the Tesseract. And this is a whole new Loki who's going to go through a whole new thing. And that's the best thing about time travel stories to me is the what could have been and just the idea of changing it or the idea of witnessing change or the idea of trying to change and you're not able to but but change time these things you know they're all kind of wrapped up into this thing it's a fictional story we'll never experience time travel except for one second forward into the future every second you know but this kind of thing here where you have Loki looking at what happened to him in the future, but also knowing he's not going to see it happen because unless we get to the end of the series and they just place him back. I'm not a big fan of that. I don't want them to Voyager this, which is referring to a year of hell. Oh yeah. Where they're, be you know, I'm going to say this. And, and you guys know where my, they're better writers. They're better writers. So many times. Yeah. So many time travel stories are all about, here's all the changes and then we fix it so that you never even know that the change happened. You, 
to me, that's not satisfying. You need to have at least have one character who knows there's something, something happened and it's part of their arc. You know, that's why I love what they did with Spock in 2009. Yeah. Part of his arc is going into this other timeline and we're continuing this journey with a character that we've known since 1966. And I love that they finished that arc in beyond. I thought that was great. So what I want in this is I want to see Loki go through a new character arc. And if they do place him back, he is going through the motions and just doing the things he knows he's supposed to do because he watched it on TV. <laughs> and so, so, okay, let's, let's dissect this from a meta perspective a little bit. Tom Hiddleston as Loki is arguably one of fan, one of the most favorite fan favorite characters in the MCU, right? Yes. Yes. It would not serve them to kill him off in infinity war, bring him back for six episodes and leave him right there. They wanted to kill him off in infinity war, have the up, have the emotional uprising of the internet and then bring him back only to propel him into something else. I think that's where they're going with it. Yeah. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to bring him back just to leave him where he is. No, because you need choices to have consequences, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that, okay. So the idea of a year of hell in Voyager, it was supposed to be a full season Right. But they did two episodes and it's all about them just going through a whole year where it's just the worst year possible. The ship's getting destroyed. People are getting killed. And you get to the end of the second episode and time travel resets it. So they never, it never happened. They don't even know that they narrowly avoided this terrible, horrible year. Uh, these, these two episodes gave us. And I hate that when that happens because and this is why I say, like, you should at least have one person and storytellers can figure this out, you know, one person who is able to, you know, they stuck around or something like that. Or, you know, um, uh, well, like Garrett Wong what was this character's name, Kim Ensign Kim. Kim Ensign Kim should have come through that year of hell and. And then the the one who goes back and helps fix it. And then the Ensign Kim that they have on Voyager has gone through that year, you know, and and so now he's and, and they well, and they promote him. Because I mean, they kind of did that with yesterday's Enterprise, too. Right. Ben, we need to do a Star Trek show. They kind of did that with, <laughs> with but, yesterday's Enterprise where Tasha shows up and you're like, what? Who's ta- who is this person? You know, because it's like six, five years later or something like that. Um, and then she has that ability to 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 make some choices and move on. And Guinan even goes, you're not supposed to be here. I love you. Go away. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, they have Guinan who knows that something is wrong with the mm-hmm. timeline. And mm-hmm. and then what happens is they send Tasha back and everything's reset back to where it was supposed to be. And Guinan's like, wow, I don't know. Something feels like it went wrong, but now it's back to normal. But what was good about that, not necessarily in that episode, they did do the reset because you, at the end of the hour it has to be the same. 
But later on, there were consequences to what they did when they yeah. sent the ship back. And that's the kind of thing I'm hoping for here. We need consequences. We need Loki to go through, you know, maybe he becomes more evil or maybe he doesn't. Um, now, this idea of is the bad guy him or not? I don't know. I, don't, I can't make any prediction on that right now because we don't know enough information. I love the idea of it. I love the idea so much that I actually put it in one of my books. Um, so, uh, spoiler, if anyone's, uh, hasn't read my book series, my time travel book series, but, um, that idea of the choices we make are what causes us to become the person we're going to be, you know, and small choices here can lead to smaller choices and small choices, which lead to big choices, you know, and, and that's another thing that time travel story is all about choices and the choices we make cause us. And there was also that movie sliding doors with, um, what if Paltrow, I think, where it's just two parallel stories, one where she made it onto the subway and one where she didn't make it onto the subway. And it's just this one moment in time and what's different between these two. And, and that's what we're looking at here with Loki. You know, we've had this one moment in time where he picks up the Tesseract and he escapes instead of being taken back to Asgard and put into prison. And it's, I I'm hoping for some good consequences and I'm hoping for some good storytelling. And I am very confident that we're going to get that because of this episode. So mm -hmm. good. So good. So, I've watched it three times now. <laughs> okay. So it kind of feels like a non sequitur, but what did you guys think about the airplane scene? Oh, the DB Cooper thing. Mm -hmm. I knew that uh, was coming somehow. I don't know if it was in really? a trailer. I You might have seen him in a trailer, like on an airplane looking like D.B. Cooper. And so I knew that that was coming. For some reason, I knew D.B. Cooper was a part of this show. Before the um, stewardess called him Mr. Cooper, I knew immediately that he was D.B. Cooper. Um, and I think it's because coincidentally, I had read an article about D.B. Cooper and about how um, they never found a body or identified who this guy is, but they did find some of the money that he stole. They did. Yeah, they found a yeah. duffel bag full of the money. And then they also found some cash around in that area or something like that. There was a good Stuff You Should Know episode. I think it was yes. Stuff You Should Know that was about D.B. Cooper. And they really explained well all the different theories about where he went and, and how things went. And more than likely, the guy died when he jumped off the airplane. Yeah. And, um, but, but there's no the body. Best, yeah, no body. But the best part about that entire sequence was Loki did it because he lost a bet with Thor. <laughs> okay, so that's what I don't understand. What was the bet? And losing the bet, they they told him what you have to go to Earth, steal some money, and jump off a plane. Like I, I don't I, know, but I don't this, understand the was, bet. <laughs> I don't know, but it was definitely a very youthful, innocent time for Thor and Loki before you know. Thor lost his power and was sent to Earth by um, Odin. And had the greatest weekend in the desert <laughs> yes. ever. Yes. I just want to know more about why did they make this dip, this bet? What did this bet signify? What what was this about? It's so, weird. It it's matter? just weird. <laughs> yes, it does matter because it just doesn't it doesn't work for me. Like this is what I'm saying. Is this a perfect episode? No. No, nothing is, really. But no, I'm so, feeling that that entire story is just an episode on its own. So, 
Could so let been, me ask yeah. you this. Do you guys think that the D.B. Cooper thing is going to come back? No. I, I don't. I no. don't. But if it does, then it, that'd be great because then it would answer my questions. Like, <laughs> Well, it's kind of like this. It It almost feels out of place, right? It does. So unless they're going to do something like Loki is always being a trickster and always getting out of it on Earth or whatever, like that could be kind of fun. Or if they're going to do something like expand on that D.B. Cooper thing, you know, maybe expand on the bet or something else, that could be fun. But if they're just going to be like, you know, uh, Lightning McQueen's like, dude, I really liked it when you did that. And Loki's like, yeah, it's okay. I'm cool. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I think what's here's what's nice about it. It gives us a flashback that's not from a movie. That's true, too. And it. it feeds into the whole idea here where this is okay. So Stanley used to say every comic book is going to be someone's first comic book. And so when they pick it up, they should know who the characters are and they should know what they're reading about. And that's not true about comic books these days. Um, it, you just, you pick it up and you're in the middle of, and I'm lost in, in different things because I don't know what's going on in this, this comic book storyline. I'm going to be honest. That's why I don't read comics. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're looking, especially at comics in the 70s and the 80s, uh, especially if you're reading like Chris Claremont, Chris Claremont X-Men, every issue when a new character shows up that hasn't been seen in that issue yet, they introduce it somehow. He either puts in a caption that says, you know, Wolverine, he's the best at what he does and what he does isn't very good, you know, or, um, you know, they, or it's dialogue. Hey, Cyclops, you know, I know that you've got your uh, eye blast constantly going on behind that glasses of yours there. You know, that's they do that so that you know what's going on. And when a new character shows up in the book and when you're reading a collected edition of these things, which is why modern comics don't do this as much. When you're reading a collected edition, it is repetitive (laughs) and it can get old. But in this this show right here, we get the flashbacks to stuff from Endgame. We get the flashbacks to the stuff from Dark World. To we get all this stuff uh, up until he dies, you know. And the DB Cooper chapter shows us him doing trickster things in uh, the past, and and it's it's nice to give us a flashback to something that we haven't seen before. Plus, uh, I think I also read that there's no reference to Loki being D.B. Cooper in the comics. So it's also original story idea, period. Um, and it's it's fun to also just see Tom Hiddleston in a suit uh, and sunglasses being really cool. Well, so. but he looks at or looks like the pictures of, of D.B. Cooper. Yes. Like, it could be. Could be. It could be Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hiddleston is a time traveler. Tom Hiddleston <laughs> Sr. was D.B. Cooper, maybe, or something. Maybe. Tom Hiddleston would make a great doctor. Don't you think, Samantha? Yes, but that's if he could get away from the MCU stuff. I know that people have fan cast him as whenever they're getting ready to change doctors, they've, they've fan fan casted. Him yeah. They, they put sure. him up in there. 
Yeah, they're in that process right now as we speak. Hey, can we talk about Casey for a moment here? Yes. The unsung hero of this episode. Doesn't know what fish is. Poor man. I know. This mm. is this is what's wonderful is Casey gives us a glimpse of just regular life in the TVA. He doesn't know what fish are. Why would he? He lives life behind a desk. <laughs> and he's okay with it. He's fine with it. He's not fine with almost being blasted. But no, he's also fine with having a bunch of infinity stones in his pocket or in his desk. <laughs> yeah. So they're powerless there, which is kind of fun. Some of the guys have them as paperweights on their desk. <laughs> you know, what's interesting. There wasn't a yellow one. And is that the time one? No, that's the soul one. Oh, interesting. That's interesting because in my notes, I referred to the TVA as a soulless bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's interesting. If you freeze frame it, there's no yellow ones. There's some orange ones, which are the um, the the one that's in Vision's head, uh, but there's no soul stones. Hmm. Which makes me wonder if. Well, not makes me wonder, which lends credence to the idea that, um, you know, uh, Thanos getting all all six was an was a difficult process. Of course it was because he had to kill Gamora. But yeah, I think maybe it's not there because that stone is the hardest to get. So it's not removed from that planet very often. That, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. But here is what I'm wondering. Are we looking at. Infinity Stones from other universes. From other timelines? Yeah. Uh-huh. I would think well, so, Well, we'd yes. have to be, wouldn't we? Yeah. I mean, they, are, they aren't all from this timeline. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, we need to wrap this up pretty soon. So, what kind of other notes do you have? Let's see. I have mine. Um, my one last note was just... The, the danger that they are trying to stop is the danger of a multiverse war. <laughs> and yeah, because that would be bad. That'd be very bad. I have so many notes here that I'm not going to go over because it's going to take another hour and a half to cover in this in this podcast. Um, <laughs> um, but I did like the um, there's the scene where uh, Mobius is talking to Loki and the female hunter interrupts them. And Mobius says, isn't it your job to interrupt? And the answer is yes. That's her job. She's supposed to go in, interrupt a timeline, take a variant out, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was a very clever moment on the writer's part. Um, I also loved the speech that Loki gives later in the episode. I don't know how sincere he is with this, but it does give insight into his character. Um, He says, I don't enjoy hurting people. I do it because I have to. Because it's part of the illusion. It's the cruel, elaborate trick by the weak. And then he gestures to himself to inspire fear. And I thought that was really well written. Um, I thought it was really interesting that towards the end of that, he stopped speaking in first person. Because I, I can't decide if he's being sincere or not with a speech. But I just found, I, I just thought it was really Excellent writing. 
and it gives a lot of insight into Loki. And excellent acting as well. That oh, yes. whole scene where he's watching the screen and crying as he's watching his mother die, as yes. he's watching uh, Odin sit down with his sons, you know, and I think this is in some ways a moment, again, hopefully choices have consequences. Uh, and this is a moment where he's able to kind of recognize, I believed a lie. I yes. believed a lie that I wasn't loved. I believe the lie that because Thor got all the the um, acclaim, you know, but that I was less than because I was an ice giant and that wasn't true. You know, his parents loved him. And I, I think there was some really incredible stuff going on with the writing, with the acting, and that Tom Hiddleston definitely deserves, I'm not going to say an Emmy, but does deserve some acclaim here for what he's doing. He does deserve some credit for his, his acting that he's done here. Yeah. 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 And that was a, and when you have a character who's sitting in a room by him or herself and they go through these emotional changes, that's not a lie for sure, because there's no one to lie to. So I think that was really clever way for the writers to, um, have Loki go through those um, emotional arcs without having to put him through the original timeline again. Because I think right around the time that his mother died, that's when we noticed that he started changing back to the good side. That's when he started. And then definitely by the time his father died, then yeah, he was back, uh, back to being good, despite how much he said he wanted to be the bad guy. Well, he was still kind of mischievous. I mean, like, he yeah. went from villainous to mischievous. And I think that's kind of where we like Loki. And I think this may be keeping him in that mischievous, fast-forwarding him to that mischievous point, um, and keeping him there. I mean, we don't need him as a villain. It's almost it's a retcon of his <laughs> of his villainy. You know what I mean? Right. Except it's not a retcon because it's moving forward. Yeah. Like it, a retcon is when you change something that you change the perspective of something that happened in the past or added into the past. So you could do something now with the story. And this is him moving forward and it's him looking at what's happened in the past. But I, I just like what they're doing here. And I, I think it's just a lot of fun and, Hey, we so haven't you want talked it to be about Wednesday. What you want it to be Wednesday now? Uh, I do, I do, but um, I won't be able to watch it on Wednesday. Like I will be. Uh, You'll be yeah. Yeah, camping I mean, it that's up. well. That's the middle of the week, and the camp where I work is a camp for uh, families affected by disability. Could be the kids, could be the parents, or mm -hmm. a parent. Um, but Wednesday is the the longest day. I do the morning programming for the youth, and then there's activities in the afternoon, and then the evening is date night for the moms and dads. Uh, and uh, well, adult night. It's not necessarily because there are some single parents who are there, and so it's it's adult night for the moms and dads. And um, they get to go out and we have the kids for four hours from five to nine and we have to just keep them busy and keep them happy. And, um, and it's hard because I mean, it's birth through really 
um, adult children uh, of families. And yeah, so Wednesday, I probably will not be watching this, but Thursday after morning programming, I'm done. And I probably will take a nap, probably take my son to the pool and I probably try and find a way to squeeze this in on Thursday afternoon. So we shall see again. Thank you for your service. And I, I hope you get to be rewarded with a good show that with a little bit of Loki. episode of Lucky. <laughs> All right, uh, we didn't talk about Owen Wilson much, but I love Mobius. He is a favorite character of this show for me. I think. No, I don't think. I know more so than Loki. Well, we'll see what happens with Loki. But Owen Wilson was a breath of fresh air. He's playing Owen Wilson. <laughs> let's make yeah. that let's no make make no mistake about it. Um but Mobius, you know, his name comes from the Mobius strip, which mm-hmm. is uh, where you take a piece of paper and give it a half twist and tape it together, and then you can trace a line on it and it just goes forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And that's one of the first ways as a child that I that infinity was in, explained to me was with this infinity strip, this Mobius strip. And it's um, also the thing that Tony used to make time travel possible. It's true. It's true. Yes. So anyway, and it also represents, it could represent time loops as well. So, but the big thing is it represents Owen Wilson (laughs) being good (laughs) at being Owen Wilson. You know, I, I have a five-year-old boy. I have seen cars a lot. I enjoy Owen. Will- I mean, I enjoy Lightning McQueen. I enjoy cars. I'm a big Disney person. I get it. I think it's funny. It is. We. I, I still have this sort of like this cognitive dissonance, the right word. This, 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 this weird thing about why is Lightning McQueen still talking <laughs> to, to, to Loki. <laughs> and, and, I know that that's not what's happening. My eyes tell me that that's not what's happening, but my ears are like, hey, guy, that's what's happening. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I finally saw the movie Cars last year. The whole it way through. It took you that long? Oh, yeah. I just had no oh, wow. interest in seeing it. After finally seeing it, I'm like, okay, that was a movie. It was perfectly serviceable. But um, my yeah, thing with no. Old- they're perfectly serviceable. Yeah. End of statement. <laughs> uh, my thing with Owen Wilson is I may not like everything that he's in, but I like him in everything that he's in. Uh, he is definitely, you know, whether or not I like the movie, I'm I'm probably going to like him in it. So he's a he's definitely a likable dude. And what I like about this is that he's mostly serious. I mean, yeah, he's still playing Owen Wilson. But it's like Owen Wilson put on a jacket and he has to be somebody else. Well, it's Owen Wilson has a job to do, you know? I mean, we, hey, man, I got I got to do this job. I've got to convince you to help me to find who's killing our people because it's bad that people are killing our people. So Yeah, yeah he's not crashing a wedding. He's <laughs> not, you know, He's not Starsky a, or Hutch. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's a he's a, a res, more responsible character. I mean, there are. It, it's Owen Wilson being 
his um uh, himself but there's um he is definitely playing a, a very different character from what we usually see him in right. it's a more mature character yeah, than yeah. what we usually see him i know he's done more, some action i would say more serious character yeah yeah, yeah i know he's done some action stuff in the past um wasn't there like a movie behind enemy lines or something like that um is that him? I thought so. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, keep going. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, but so I know he's done some more action stuff, but this feels like it's an actual, it's actually a, we wrote a character and he's playing a character. Yeah. He's still Owen Wilson. He's still got the little bit of quirks, but he's using his power of acting way better than Matt Damon did. That's not true. I'm sorry, Matt Damon. <laughs> So my last thing that I wanted to throw out is this. There is not a post credit scene, but if you watch the credits all the way to the end, you will be rewarded with a little, uh, it's a little thing. And I'll just, I'll just say that. Okay. Cause I did not sit through the credits. It's honestly, is it worth sitting through the credits? Probably not, but I'm also not going to spoil what it is. So if you want to find out what it is, you've got to sit through the credits or, Ask someone else. (laughs) I mean, you can fast forward to the credits too, guys. Hey, we need to wrap this up so we can talk a little bit (laughs) after the credits about our own thing. uh, The MCU stuff that we wanted to talk about. Not the little thing like I was talking about for uh, Loki episode one. So final words. I think this is a great show and I'm so excited that it's here and we get more MCU stuff and it's almost July. Yay. And I would like to thank our Patreon patrons. Uh, Jeffrey, Blessed Cheesemaker, 084, Julie, and a special shout out to Tazzle, who reached out to us and said that we were doing a fantastic job. And we really appreciate that feedback. Yes. And I want to say. Sometimes it's hard living the life of a podcaster there's editing there's recording there's watching there's rewatching, but it's all worth it and you know why it's all worth it because when you're living the life of a podcaster when i am living the life of a podcaster i am burdened with glorious purpose Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us voicemail by calling 1-775-5-LEVEL-7. That's 1-775-553-8357. Or send us an email to feedback at welcometolevel7.com. Just don't forget, the 7 is spelled out. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there. Or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening and Godspeed.
All right, let's talk about other MCU stuff, but let's not take too long to do it. <laughs> okay. I think we did talk about the Shang-Chi trailer. All right. Well, the Eternals trailer. It, yeah, let's I, talk about the Eternals trailer. Yeah, I, I recall talking about the teaser trailer for Shang-Chi. Oh, but I, yeah, I don't think we talked about the full trailer, um, which, I mean, all of these trailers, whenever an MCU trailer comes out, except for Loki, <laughs> which I really wasn't all that excited about usually an mcu trailer does not get me more excited about the movie because i'm already ready for the movie like i'm excited about shang chi that one didn't get me more excited because i already was excited i'm hoping for just an awesome fun kung fu movie that does all the things that iron fist didn't give us and i liked iron fist but let's get some shang chi you know let's let's have a a big budget movie that's going to give us some rad kung fu action i haven't even seen all the trailers for black widow and i kind of stopped watching them because it's like who i i don't need to see anymore i'm done i'll watch the movie i can't wait to see the movie but i don't need to see the the trailers anymore no no. i don't want to spoil the movie but the trailer i needed to see was the eternals trailer yeah because that trailer i felt like i was watching the trailer for superhero 2001 or superhero the arrival which is hawkeye and uh <laughs> lois lane um talking to time travel no. aliens but um i i felt like i was watching the superhero version of that style of movie where it's going back way into the distant past and there's you know this awesome uh spaceship and it's just like, what is this that we're watching? And they kind of touched on it in Agents of Shield, with uh, some of the stuff with the um, with the Kree, mm-hmm. you know, and and the Inhumans. But this is, you know, the one thing is there's all the memes about how the Inhumans, you know, we've stayed in the, in the shadows until now, and it's like, wait, what happened just now that causes you to get out of the shadows? Was it Scarlet Witch? Like. <laughs> you had Infinity War happen, and that didn't get you out of the shadows. Um, which, to be well, fair, here, it was quick. You know, maybe they didn't have time to get out of the shadows. But well, I have a feeling though that we don't know. We don't know why they didn't get out of the shadows. Yeah, we don't have we the context. That, yeah, we don't have the context. We know that they were like, "Nah, we're not getting out of the shadows." And then they were poking fun at it from the trailer because it's like, "Who would run the Avengers now?" I could. No, sir, you died. But anyway, that's a different universe. Yeah. Point being, this trailer, I was already ready for the Eternals. Ready, like I, yeah, because it's a Marvel it. movie, and I would have watched it anyway. Yeah, right? I'm not going to not watch this movie on opening night. But this got me excited in a different way. I didn't realize where they were going with the movie. I just knew it was a secret family who have been around for a while, it's Eternals. You know, I, I kind of knew that idea behind it, but seeing the stuff in action got me really excited because it does have that feel of like, now in 2001, people aren't as awed by it because it's a part of pop culture now, you know, and if the Simpsons makes mm-hmm. fun of something, you're not going to be in awe of it as much, you know, if, if Simpsons had a chance to make fun of it. But um, when the monolith appears and things happen, 
you're supposed to be in awe and, and watching this trailer and you see that giant ship and then the prehistoric world that is kind of descending on. It's just kind of a, Oh, this is big. This is grand. This is a grand scale. I'm excited and for it. And it's got some big names in it. I mean, Angelina Jolie is like about as big as you can get. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with her. Yeah. And and how she moves into and then I'm assuming out of the MCU because they can't build a franchise around her, you know. Why not? They could. She's so, got to go do a smoke jumping movie. <laughs> What's interesting about Eternals, though, is, you know, I'm not sure what the intention was, but Inhumans were supposed to be something the MCU could use instead of mutants. And they were actually setting it up in the comics, even, for the Inhumans to have a more important part of the world in the comics, because they were going to be a big deal in the MCU. Obviously, they weren't. Um, Which didn't. It was okay because, well, mutants ended up being purchased by the rights to the mutants were purchased mm-hmm. back when they bought Fox. Um, but I wonder, was inter- was Eternals meant to be kind of the fallback? Okay, well, we're not going to make an Inhumans movie now. Thanks, uh, Ike Perlmutter. But um, are they – was that – I don't know. I don't know. But the Eternals is definitely – you know, it's a team movie. It's a family movie. I'm just really curious where it's going to go. Just very excited from what I saw. It looks really just like I said, it feels like Arrival or 2001 mixed in with with my superheroes. Now, are you going to watch another trailer? Probably. Probably. Mm. I mean, I, I don't need to. Um, yeah, I mean, generally, I, I trust trailers that I'm not going to be completely spoiled. <laughs> buy them and marvel is is marvel is now you know some trailers give away the entire plot but marvel isn't doing that these days they're trying to give you just enough but they're also trying to keep the secret box closed until you go to the theater they do a really good job of keeping the secret box closed winter soldier trailer yeah yeah uh any other thoughts about these trailers before we move on to the other kind of big topic kind of it's a really no. <laughs> Let's go. No, but I am looking forward to seeing movies in the theater again this summer. So, uh, a Quiet Place Two. I'm planning to see that in the theater, especially if it stays this hot. Yeah. Good gracious. Yeah. Which, the more I think about it, Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, as Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic Four. Reed Richards and uh, Sue Richards. I think that there's that's brilliant casting if they do it, but um, that's fan casting. And she definitely came forward and said, no, I'm not doing this role. Eh. If they, Until if they roll the money truck up in front of her house, I think she'd be yeah. okay with it. Mickey, yeah. Mickey's got a big dumb truck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's talk real quick about uh Modoc. <laughs> so, Hey, mm. Hey guys, Hey guys, I got a question for you. Do you like Robot Chicken? Do you like Marvel? Do you like them together? Then you'll like Modoc because that's what it is. It is a uh, 10 episode Robot Chicken sketch that just goes on and on and on. And 
there's funny stuff to it. Um, I think the most unfortunate thing about the whole thing is it ends on a cliffhanger and we're not going to get a resolution. Yeah. When this was part of the offenders, I was all for it because it would have been a story that was told and then completed. Yeah. There's three reasons why we didn't cover the whole thing. One was you guys hadn't seen it yet. And (laughs) one was time. And the other was, I just, I binged it pretty quickly over a weekend. It was easy to binge, but it's, it's serviceable as a off color, uh, robot chicken extended sketch. Is it better or worse than cars? <laughs> it's, it's different. It's worse. <laughs> I did not like it. Uh, I, I just, it just didn't click with me. I, it, I don't know why, but, um, I will say it's definitely not MCU. Yes, definitely not. Because in this version, Tony Stark is still alive. Um, there's a lot of references to aim and um, rocks on and shield uh, and yeah. shield. And I, I just don't think, yeah, it's, it, I don't think it's MCU. No, it's its own thing. It, it, and it was yeah. going to be, it was going to be its own thing. Um, but yeah, it's serviceable. I did chuckle at a couple things. I groaned at a couple things. I was offended by a couple things. I think it was exactly what it was supposed to do. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I did, I did admire the stop motion animation, though. Uh, that's that's a form that is not often taken on. So. And Patton Oswalt. I mean, the his voice yeah. acting, he was ideal for the character that they created. Yeah. Okay, I haven't watched one frame of it should i go out and um you know get a free hulu 30 day or whatever it is trial uh, i wouldn't waste the trial on this i would wait until getting a trial for something else and then squeezing and then, in the first episode okay. and seeing if you want to watch it yeah it, okay. this is not something i feel like you have to run out and see um and marvel treated it that way the same with hellstrom they put it out it went out they had a comic book uh there's a modoc comic book currently so synergy um yeah you're fine though you're fine okay yeah all right well i think that's our episode then thanks guys thank you and uh yeah time for me to get to bed and then go to work and then go to camp. (laughs) So (laughs) thanks for uh, being very uh, flexible with the pocket of time we had to work with. So, and people, if you've made it this far means you wanted to hear what we had to say. We want to hear what you have to say. So send us some feedback about any of the topics we talked about or anything else in the whole world. Almost. 